Hello and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah Kiefer, and thank you so much for joining me for the very first episode of this podcast. I'm super excited to be doing this. Later on, I'm going to be talking to my good friend, Ashley Eckstein, about Star Wars, her universe, and Ahsoka Tano, which are three of the main things that she's involved with. Uh, But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about myself for a little bit, just because I'm assuming if you found this podcast, you probably know who I am. You've probably seen my blog, The Dorky Diva. But in case you don't know my backstory, here it is. I am a huge Star Wars fan, and I have been for a really long time. I grew up in a household where my older brother, Chase, watched Star Wars almost every day. Uh, We played with the toys, we watched the movies together, and it was all because of my mom. She is a really big fan, and she kind of influenced us to watch these movies and enjoy them as much as she did. So as we grew up, we ended up going to Disney, and we would go to Star Wars weekends every year as a family, and just celebrate what these movies meant to us, and that involved cosplay, and meeting new fans, and meeting celebrities from the movies, and getting their autographs. That was always fun to me growing up. And then when the Clone Wars came around in about 2008, I started watching the series, and I just fell in love with all of the different characters and the different storylines that they pursued in this show. And that's when I really became a true, dedicated Star Wars fan that was actively wanting to be involved in the fan community and wanting to share my thoughts about this franchise. So Clone Wars is what really sucked me into Star Wars, even though I had been around it for so long. And then last year, in March of 2015, I decided to start The Dorky Diva as a place to express my love for this franchise and express what I like to do involving Star Wars. So I'm a member of the 501st Legion, and if you haven't heard of that, we are a charitable costuming organization. So we dress up like Star Wars characters, for good and for helping people and we do all sorts of charity events around the world. So this has been a great outlet for me because I'm, I'm creative and I like to make things with my hands and making costumes is one way that I really like to express my love for Star Wars. So getting involved with the 501st was great and I wanted to talk about this more on a public place. So I started the Dorky Diva. I talk about cosplay on there. I talk about different facets of Star Wars that I really enjoy. And I'm also a girl. I'm a fangirl. So I like fashion and I like showing off um, my subtle Star Wars outfits that I wear every day. So those are just some of the things that I put on the Dorky Diva. And I started this podcast as a way to share my thoughts out loud with the public. And I've been a co-host on other podcasts in the past, and it was a great experience. And then I realized like, oh, wow, I really want to do something on my own and put my own twist on it, put my own touch on it. So I decided, hey, I'll start the Dorky Diva show. So that's where we're at today. This show will be a monthly show because I'm a college student, I have a really busy life, and unfortunately, podcasting is not something I can dedicate my time to every single week, but I will be more than happy to share my thoughts about Star Wars and talk to different people uh, every month. So once a month, I'll be putting out an episode of the Dorky Diva Show, and you guys can enjoy it. Earlier this week, I was joined by one of my favorite people in the whole world, and I was able to talk to her about what Star Wars means to her, what it's like to be involved in sort of the behind the scenes of Star Wars, especially the Clone Wars and Rebels, um, and about her influence on the community. Joining me today is Ashley Eckstein, who is best known in the Star Wars community as the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, 
and she's the founder of the fashion brand created just for sci-fi fangirls called Her Universe. So thank you, Ashley, so much for giving up some of your time to chat with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Savannah. So there's a lot of things I want to talk about with you today because you're involved in so many things in the Star Wars community. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to touch upon was the Ahsoka Tano book because it was just announced that you'll be narrating the audiobook and you're going to be doing a little book tour with the author E.K. Johnson starting on October 11th. So can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, I, I'm so excited to um, to finally talk about this. Uh, you know, obviously, I feel like I'm just like everyone else. When I heard that they were doing an Ahsoka book, I was I was so excited um, because I know certain bits and pieces about her backstory, um, but there's still a lot that I don't know. You know, so um, I'm you know very eager to find out where did she go in between the Clone Wars and Rebels and what was she doing. Um, we joke that she was on a pony farm, but um, <laughs> we know that that's not canon. Um, but uh, So I was very excited. And then I was completely uh, you know, honored and humbled that the fans started asking for me to narrate the audiobook. Um, because to be honest, that's not something that normally happens. They normally don't have you know, the actor... Um, that that voices the character do the audiobook, but um, I thought you know why not? I'll, I'll I would love to do it. I'd be honored to do it if they ask. So I um, I you know let some of my um, colleagues know it you know at Disney and said hey if if they're open to it you know I would be um, thrilled to narrate the audiobook. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, got an email out of nowhere <laughs> from um, from a random house asking if I would be interested in um, narrating the audiobook. And, and I was so excited. And it was a hard secret to keep for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but I just finished it, actually. I mean, it, these things are, are running very, very close on time. So I just finished a couple of the last lines, actually, just last week. And um, it should be up uh, on Audible soon. I don't have an exact date, but it's it's very, very soon. So um, I'm so excited. And I'm assuming, obviously, you read the book because you had to do the audio for it. So, spoiler-free review, what was your reaction to the book? Uh, so, spoiler-free, okay. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I loved it. I thought E.K. Johnson did a, an amazing job. Um, you know, and this is something that she worked with Dave Filoni and the story group on. So, you know, this is very much, um, you know, you know, part of Dave's overall story for Ahsoka. So um, I think they did a really great job telling her story during a period of time between Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, you know, is it telling the entire story of what she was doing between Clone Wars and Rebels? No, it, it doesn't. It tells a portion of it. Um, but we get a ton of good information. Um, specifically, uh, Spoiler free. <laughs> so, I'm like, um, specifically spoiler free. Uh, it's it's kind of like right after Order sixty six, and on her way to learning about the rebellion, um, and you know, it's what I love about it is it it's really heavy on character development for Ahsoka because. Um, we really get to see and hear a lot of the emotion 
from her and where her headspace is at during this time. And um, for me, it really provided a lot of a lot of backstory for when we see her on Rebels. So, um, so that was exciting. Um, there's a lot of new characters, and there's also some familiar characters. And there's one familiar character that just literally like made me like jump out of my seat when I was reading it. I was so 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 excited. So, um, so it's a mix of it's a mix of old and new, and. Um, Okay, I will apologize right now uh, because I would say about 60% of the book, this is just my rough estimation, um, is either Ahsoka's lines or Ahsoka talking or kind of Ahsoka narrating. Um, the other, I would say about 40% are other characters. Um, and I have to be honest, I don't think I will ever be asked to read Bail Organa again. <laughs> I mean, I really just changed my tone. Um, there was a portion of time where we tried to do different accents for all the different characters. And it ended up just getting silly. It sounded, it just sounded way too over the top. And there was even two Southern characters, I think maybe the first Southern characters in Star Wars. And I called Dave Filoni and I was like, Dave, don't be mad at me. Uh, we tried to differentiate it and we made two of the characters Southern. And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, because we, we don't, what we really didn't want to do is we didn't want to distract you know, the, the listener and just get it, make it sound so silly. And with all the different accents, cause there's so many different characters, it just started to sound silly. So, um, I'm, I'm just kind of reading the book as, as, as me, which is kind of like as Ahsoka, um, because I use my own voice for Ahsoka and, and it's almost as though Ahsoka were telling you this story, or or if Ahsoka was reading you this story. So I changed my tones for the different characters, but I'm not doing impersonations. Right. That's perfect, though, because I read an advanced copy of the book, and I absolutely loved it. And now, knowing that you're going to be doing the audiobook, like, I'm going to have to listen to it and sort of reread it, but hearing it from Ahsoka, basically, is going to be the coolest thing. But what I loved about the book so much was that it showed us more of Ahsoka's raw side where she's just surviving, basically. Um, and I really connected with Ahsoka, not when she was in the Clone Wars, but when she came into Star Wars Rebels because she changed so much and she was so mature and wise. And you could tell that she had been through a lot, but we didn't know what she had gone through. And this book really told some of the stories and showed us some of the moments of what turned Ahsoka into who she became when we saw her in Rebels. So I really liked that. And I wanted to know, what has it been like for you to start as a voice actress on Star Wars The Clone Wars in 2008 and Ahsoka was just a little girl, and now she's grown up and she's gone through so much and she's fought Darth Vader. What is it for you? What is it like for you to sort of grow with this character? Well, first of all, it has been such an honor to voice Ahsoka from the beginning until now. Um, you know, it's so rare as an actress to get to play a character for that long and to, you know, play a character for, I mean, that many hours of, um, 
of, of television. It's, it's, it really, really is extremely rare. I mean, you're lucky if you get four seasons of something and, you know, we got six of Clone Wars and, uh, you know, now so far two full seasons of Rebels and it's, it's, um, and then video games and now audiobooks. It's just, it's really been such an honor and, and truly it's changed my life. Um, being the voice of Ahsoka has changed my life in so many ways, not just professionally, but personally. Um, and, you know, to your question, I, I feel like I've grown up with Ahsoka. Um, I was just, let's see, I was 25, I think. Um, yeah, I was 25 when I was cast as Ahsoka and, you know, still so young. I had so much to learn um, and still do to this day, but I feel I was uh, kind of on par with what, you know, she was learning. Even though she was in a galaxy far, far away, she was learning so many life lessons and I was able to learn those with her. Um, And, you know, even though, you know, the storylines you know, aren't necessarily similar with her fighting in a war on different planets, but the lessons she learned from those instances oftentimes mirrored my own life. And, um, you know, she taught me so much and I sound, you know, I know I may sound cheesy when I say this, but oftentimes I do think what would Ahsoka do? Because I think Ahsoka, I admire her so much. I think she, um, really is a representation of the light side of what is good. And, um, and she always strives to make the right choices and do the right things. And so I, I often, often think of her and, you know, I, I think back when I first got the, the role of Ahsoka, I was literally just an actress, only doing acting, nothing else. And through being the voice of Ahsoka, it enabled me to do her universe and start my own company. And never, ever in a million years did I imagine that I would do that. And, um, you know, I feel like I, I went from having no responsibility at all, just like Ahsoka, she was just this Padawan, to now she has a ton of responsibility and she, you know, wants to do what's right by it. And I, I feel a lot of responsibility with her universe and, um, I want to do what's right by it. And, um, you know, Ahsoka has allowed me and enabled me to do all of that. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah. And I want to go back to Star Wars Celebration Europe just for a minute because there was a panel there that you participated in and it was you, Pablo Hildago, and Dave Filoni talking about Ahsoka's story and how far she's come and the untold tales of Ahsoka. And I was at that panel and I have never cried so hard in my life over anything. (laughs) Um, It was just so moving to see First of all, how many people showed up for this panel about a character from an animated television series? And then to see how much it affected you as well, because during the panel, Dave was showing some images that I I don't think you had seen maybe, or maybe um, you hadn't seen in a while. Uh, And it was just really emotional. So what was it like for you at Celebration Europe to be there for that panel? And then later on, we had Ahsoka Lives Day, and so many fans showed up. Um, to support Ahsoka and their love for this character. And I can just imagine how overwhelming that must be for you, but walk us through what that actually feels like to see such a positive reaction to this character. Yeah, no, uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe was so surreal. It was such a special day. Um, You know, and it was really prompted by the fans. You know, after... Star Wars Rebels, uh, the the season finale of season two um, ended. Um, 
I had gone to actually Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. And we had a chance to do an Ahsoka panel there. And it really was just because um, I was there uh, by myself and Dave Filoni's wife and Conbury happened to be with me. And so we wanted to represent Star Wars in some way. And obviously with nobody else there, it just made sense to do just an Ahsoka panel. Um, and the same thing happened. The room filled. It was full of people. And it turned into this celebration of Ahsoka. And what was so beautiful about it is that people needed a chance, you know, including myself, it's like we needed a chance to just talk about what had just happened. Because really, the, the season finale of season two is such a culmination of so many years. I mean, really, since the beginning of Clone Wars. And it was almost like a group therapy session. All needed to just talk about what just happened and, and talk about what this character, you know, has meant to all of us. And so I, I shared that with Lucasfilm um, and specifically with Tracy Canobio and Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo after Emerald City Comic Con. And I said, look, you know, something really magical happened in that room. And I, I think, you know, it would be amazing to do that same thing at Celebration in, um, in Europe and, and, you know, uh, Tracy, you know, and, and Dave and Pablo, um, they, they talked about it and, and they just went above and beyond. Um, they put together this amazing panel, um, in celebration of Ahsoka and, um, you know, they put together these images and storylines that were previously unseen and, un and untold a lot of them. And, you know, I knew some of what was shared and some of the information that was shared was brand new to me too, which was why I was so emotional. And I'm also a very visual person, so even though Dave Filoni had, had shared bits and pieces with me in conversation, it doesn't really hit me until I see it. And what put me over the edge, I was already getting emotional the whole panel, but what put me over the edge was when, you know, he shared the, um, the image of Anakin, you know, kind of assigning Captain Rex and um, a... a a, a troop of clones to Ahsoka and they decorated their helmets, you know, like Ahsoka's face tattoos. And I lost it. <laughs> I did too. I did too. I was right there with you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, Ahsoka, even though she's an animated character, a fictional character, she is like family to me. So is Captain Rex. So is Anakin. And, and also the cast members that played them, Dee Bradley Baker, Matt Lanter, everyone is family. And so to hear about these stories that weren't able to be told, but could have been told. And, and I, I just want so much more information of, of, you know, their backstory and it just kind of the, what if, um, and also how beautiful it was. I mean, how beautiful that moment would have been, um, with those characters just kind of put me over the edge. <laughs> yeah. so, thankfully somebody handed me some tissues, but oh. it was very real and raw emotion. <laughs> My favorite thing about that panel was when, um, Dave Filoni mentioned that because of the fans and because of how much Ahsoka is loved, he would consider maybe one day bringing her back in some sort of form, not necessarily in Rebels, not necessarily in an animated show or whatever, but just in some form he would consider bringing her back. And to me that meant a lot because I understand that while Dave Filoni always gives the fans what they want, 
He's also aware that he can't let the fans get in the way of good storytelling. And he can't give people what they want just to please the fans. He has to do it for um, the sake of the story as well. So that just broke me down as well to realize that he realizes how much this fictional character means to so many people that he would sort of consider having her back in some sort of form in Star Wars. That was amazing to me. Yeah, I I will say Ahsoka, unlike so many other characters, I think continues to... um, continues to grow and thrive because of the community. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I wasn't a part of the decision to, um, have the Ahsoka book, but all of these additional things on top of the, the television series, you know, the book, even more action figures, um, the inclusion of her in certain video games, you know, that wouldn't happen if the fans weren't asking for it. And so I think, you know, it's kind of like asking you shall receive. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, Ahsoka's getting her first Funko, which is so exciting. Um, but she wouldn't have had a Funko before. Or, well, she never had an, a, a Funko before. Um, because, you know, when she when she was introduced to the world, that was during a time where, um, you know, it was mostly focused on the boys, And the female characters didn't get as many toys. They didn't get as many action figures. And so, you know, it goes to show how much has changed since Ahsoka was introduced to the world. And I I fully believe that Ahsoka was a big part of that change. I think Ahsoka was a part of the movement that, you know, really came in and said, you know, you can have strong female characters that are liked by everyone. Um, and that they, you know, she does sell toys. She does, you know, um, you know, she, people are interested, both genders. It's, it's not just, you know, a thing just for the girls. Right. And it's amazing because yes, Ahsoka did that for the community, but I, I have to give you props too. You did this for the community as well, because I sometimes think of what Ahsoka would be like if somebody else voiced her and not you, because Another woman could have come along and voiced Ahsoka and just treated it as a day job and did her voice work and then went home. But you really took it upon yourself to make a difference in the fan community, not only for women, but for everybody. And with the creation of her universe, girls were able to express themselves and wear Star Wars clothes, which was amazing. So I think it's such a team effort. You know, you and this fictional character created such a a new world, basically, for fangirls to um, enjoy Star Wars and sci-fi in general. So I think that's great. And I, I just wanted to know, you know, you are such a positive role model for so many people, men, women, children. I mean, I have met so many people that look up to you and I look up to you, but I want to know who really inspires you and who keeps you sort of on track when you're having bad days. And you mentioned that sometimes you think, oh, what would Ahsoka do? But what are your other forms of inspiration in your work life? Oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for your kind words. Um, and and before I answer that question, I'll go back just a little bit because, you know, as an actress, you do, you know, especially in voiceover, you do voice so many different characters throughout even one week. And so oftentimes it can easily just become a job that you go and you record and then you leave. But I quickly discovered with Star Wars that it was different, that 
you know, being a Star Wars fan, and I've always been a Star Wars fan ever since I was a little girl, but when I was more immersed in the community, I realized that, you know, it's not just this one story. You know, being a Star Wars fan is a way of life. And, you know, Star Wars fans all over the world use their fandom to do such amazing things, including yourself, um, you know, with the 501st and Rebel Legion. And, you know, so many people don't realize that those, you know, fan organizations um, are there to do good, to raise money for charity and to bring smiles to people's faces. And um, I, I realized very quickly that I had a responsibility to carry on this legacy and do good with Star Wars. And so I wanted to do more than just do the voice. I wanted to use the force for good. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I will say that was the fans. And, and I think, you know, not only did I feel a responsibility for Ahsoka to live up to, you know, this amazing character that I was voicing, but I wanted to live up to the expectations of the fans and, um, and all the good that, that, you know, everyone all over the world does with Star Wars. Um, but to me personally, I mean, I have so many um, people in my life. It's funny, I'm here in my parents' house, and and um, they're a huge inspiration to me, especially those days where um, things aren't going well and you just need somebody to, to call and cry <laughs> on their shoulder. Um, so, uh, and also, I think the determination to always get back up and keep going um, because you know, you need someone in your life that when you're just completely knocked down to, um, to say, it's okay, get back up and keep going. Um, but then, uh, also my husband, um, I, I couldn't have done, uh, any of this and, and her universe without him by my side saying, you can do it, you can do it. Um, and you know, I have an amazing t team that surrounds me for her universe as well. Um, you know, a team that, won't let me give up. <laughs> um, you know, when, you know, when, when things are hard or when things look doubtful, um, you know, you band together as a team and, and keep going. So it's, it's definitely a huge group of people. Um, and also I have to say, you know, Lucasfilm, um, Dave Filoni, uh, you know, everyone in licensing, everyone in PR, Tracy Kenobia, Lynn Hale, there's, it's a family at Lucasfilm. And, um, they they enabled me to just kind of take this platform that was given and just and just go with it and run with it and um you know it's it's been a group effort for sure uh i 100% did not do any of this by myself um and i said from day 1 i said i can i've my foot in the door i can kind of you know kick this off but united we stand divided we fall so um this has been a group effort by so many different people and and trust me there's been several days of of tears where i'm like why am i doing this <laughs> we all have those days yeah that's awesome though to know that it that it is such a group effort cuz i feel the same way just in in daily life it's friends and family that really support you and keep you going but um i just wanted to go back and talk about her universe for a little bit because i mean wow what a huge brand this has turned into because I remember uh, the first time I met you was at Star Wars Weekends I think in 2010 and it may have been 2009 I forget but you gave me a sticker uh, that said Her Universe on it and it had the website link and you talked about it a little bit and it was just getting ready to launch and now I mean you're selling clothes in the Disney parks you're selling collections in Hot Topic and it's grown into such a huge not only um, a clothing brand, but also a fan community and a place for women 
to celebrate whatever they love. Um, so I wanted to talk about, the first thing I want to talk about was San Diego Comic Con because for three years now you've done um, a fashion show competition where uh, people can submit their designs and if they win the fashion show they'll get to design a collection with you for Hot Topic and this year you did a little web series uh, about the fashion show for Comic Con HQ and I wanted to know what was it like for you to get to know these designers a little more personally and meet them and talk to them about how they created these amazing gowns. Uh, well, the, the Her Universe Fashion Show has just been such an incredible experience and um, having the ability to work with Comic-Con and Comic-Con HQ to bring this to life um, has really been a dream come true. And once again, it was prompted by the fans. Um, you know, everyone asks us, they're like, oh, what's, what's your secret? How do you come up with these ideas? And I say, well, it's not a very hard secret. We just ask the fans. We ask, what do you want? What are you into? What would you like to see us do? And um, the fashion show was part of that. Um, I've been going to San Diego Comic-Con ever since, let's see, 2007. And I would see fans use the hallways of San Diego Comic-Con as their runway. They would make their own original designs because, you know, geek fashion really wasn't out there. And they would wear them to San Diego Comic-Con, walk up and down the aisles, pretending, you know, practically like they were on a runway. And I went to Comic-Con and I said, look, you know, you have so many female attendees, you know, practically half of all of your attendees are, are women. And um, I'd love to do an event that celebrates the fangirl community at Comic-Con. And um, I said, I'd love to do a fashion show straight out of Fashion Week. And um, I said, so it, you have to go big or go home. <laughs> like, it has to be, like, straight out of Fashion Week. And, you know, they, they could have laughed at me and they could have said, oh, yeah, right, a couture fashion show at Comic-Con. Um, but they didn't. They said, oh, wow, that sounds like a great idea. And they were incredibly supportive. Um, but, you know, the mission of Comic-Con is that it's, it's educational. You know, it's supposed to be an educational experience. And, and that's the same mission for Her Universe as well. I want to provide opportunity and provide an educational platform. And so, um, you know, I teamed up with Hot Topic. And I went to Hot Topic and I said, look, you know, let's have a design competition fashion show, but let's provide the winners with a prize. And they get to design a collection, you know, with her universe for Hot Topic. And again, I have to give credit to Hot Topic because they could have laughed me out of the room. But instead, they said, okay, why not? Um, and so it really was, you know, it was... It was truly an oxymoron at the time, a couture fashion show at Comic-Con. But, you know, we assembled a team that just believed that it was possible. And, um, you know, like the fans, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it kind of came to life because even though to the outside world it seemed like an oxymoron, the fans were already doing it. So the second we opened it up, to fans, they, I mean, they submitted in droves. We've, we had 160 designers submit the first year, about 160 the second year. And this year we had like, like 250 designers submit. Um, and there's so much talent. Their designs are so incredible. I mean, one of the winners this year, her, the image on her gown appeared and disappeared while she was on the runway. 
Um, you know, we had LED lights and technology and um, so many amazing, amazing uh, designs that were that were truly something you'd even see at the Met Gala, like, you know, by couture designers today. So um, I'm so grateful to, to Comic-Con and Comic-Con HQ and Hot Topic that they, you know, believed in it enough to partner with us and bring it to life. And one of my favorite things about the fashion show is I've never had the opportunity to see it in person, but I love seeing uh, through social media what dresses you're wearing because last year you had like three different outfit changes and then this year you wore a dress that was made completely out of Legos. So can you tell us how in the world did this idea come about of making a dress out of Legos? <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely um, a, kind of a crazy concept. You know, it had never been done before, a, a Lego couture gown that could move. You know, there had been couture gowns that were statues, but um, to create a couture gown that could move was truly uh, one of a kind um, up until this point. But I became friends with Nathan Sawaya, who is a world-renowned Lego artist, and um and, you know, he's a, a fan of fashion as well. He had done some couture gown sculptures, but he had never done a movable gown that could walk the runway. And so, um, you know, practically uh, begged him. I said, would you be interested? And, and of course, I mean, he, it didn't take too much convincing because he, he's such a fanboy and a fan of this culture and the opportunity to, to kind of do something new at Comic-Con. Um, he was just such a great partner. Um, but there was only one caveat. He, you know, he doesn't sew gowns. So we had to have a designer as well that could sew me a dress. And so I was like, well, I have just the person. Um, and Andrew McLean, who um, won our fashion show in 2014, um, he collaborated with Nathan. And um, Andrew sewed just a black dress and covered it in um, 5,000 uh, flat Lego bricks. And then um, he gave it to Nathan, and Nathan built the image of Ahsoka Tano on top of it. So total, it was 10,000 Lego bricks, and um, it weighed a little over 25 pounds. Um, but I will say that the reason I only had one look is because um, my also my dear friend, uh, Jen Blanchard, who does hair and makeup for, um, I call her hair and makeup to the stars. I'm so proud of her. Um, she does just some amazing work. And um, she came up with the hairstyle incorporating like blue hair in, into my, um, into braids. So we did three braids and it kind of looked like Ahsoka's Leku. And once my hair was in those braids, there was no way you could take quickly. And so Andrew had made me a Ray couture gown, but unfortunately, um, for the hairstyle, the, the gown had to be sacrificed because once I was in the Lego gown and hairstyle, um, there was no way I could do a quick change. Yeah. The hair uh, with that outfit was gorgeous. I saw you were posting teaser images before you actually walked down the runway. When I saw your hair, I was like, that is so creative and so perfect because it just added to the whole outfit. Thanks. Yeah, I you know I have to give credit, and I, I still haven't found her. There was a little Ahsoka that was at Comic-Con, and we missed each other. Um, but we had met two years ago, I believe, and... Um, her mother had come up with that hairstyle because she loves Ahsoka and she has long blonde hair as well. And so she, um, she put her hair in three braids and she actually spray painted the blue in. 
And I thought that was so creative and clever that um, I, you know, I wanted to do kind of our own interpretation of it. So I can't take credit for it. It's this mother and daughter, and I reached out. I posted a picture of her on social media because um, I would love to say hello. Uh, but but her mom, I guess, came up with that idea for the hairstyle. So um, you know, it's like such a such such a simple idea. Yeah. But it was perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. And you recently launched some new items at the Disney parks for her universe, including some Rogue One pieces and a really, really awesome Mary Blair-inspired skirt. So can you talk a little bit about these pieces, especially the Mary Blair skirt, and how uh, the idea for that came up? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, it's such an honor to be working with Disney parks. Um, that's been a dream come true of mine ever since I was a little girl growing up in Orlando. So, um, you know, we're really kind of working closely with them to offer exclusive designs just for the parks because, you know, some people don't realize that you can, you know, go to Disney parks and Disney stores for fashion. Like they're doing some really, really great things. And so we have two new Rogue One items, a new dress and a fashion top. Um, but we have some new items coming uh, for the holiday, um, and specifically this Mary Blair piece. So I became um, a fan of uh, Ashley Taylor. She's um, She has a lot of Disney art. Um, I, you know, we have mutual friends, so I was introduced to her that way. Um, but then I just started following her on Instagram and became obsessed with her work. And so I reached out to Ashley and I just said, we, you know, we have to work together. <laughs> you know, we have to do something. And, um, it was, it was actually my idea to do something with Mary Blair because I love, 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 love Mary Blair and, and her style. And I actually have the image of, um, of the small world concept art that she did, and also um, a uh, Alice in Wonderland piece she did um, in my home. And I was just looking at that, and I was like, you know, for Disney Parks, it'd be perfect to do a mashup of Star Wars and Mary Blair. And so um, I reached out to Ashley, and I just said, is this something you think you can do? And not only did she do it, but she, like, knocked it out of the park on the first try. And so I'm super excited. Everyone is asking, and um, I wasn't able to share it before because we were still solidifying the dates, but in early December, so it's it's still like two more months, unfortunately, but in early December, um, that uh, the, the skirt and the matching Ewok cardigan will be available, um, and Ashley and I will be at Disney at some point to to share the new items and celebrate the new items. So more details to come on that, but um, definitely look for it in early December and a couple of new items as well. Oh, perfect. That's exciting. And I, I just love the concept of this because it's very subtle. And when I first looked at it, obviously I recognize the Star Wars elements and I also recognize it's sort of similar to the small world. But I was showing it to some of my friends at school when it was released online, and they were like, I don't get it. it. This is Star Wars. It looks so normal. And I was like, that's the perfect thing about her universe is that there are so many subtle pieces and subtle elements in these pieces that you really wouldn't notice um, that they're actually Star Wars related. And that's perfect. I notice a lot of people wear uh, the Her Universe cardigans for work and stuff now because they're business casual and people can get away with wearing them at work. So there's a an Ewok cardigan with the Mary Blair skirt. It's just it's so perfect because people can wear it for like every occasion. Absolutely. And that's that's a direction we're going in towards as well. Um is you know, designs that you can wear for 
every uh, every opportunity in your life, whether it be for work or um, school or, you know, it just warmed my heart so much to see a girl wear her Cloud City dress to homecoming. Um, you know, we, we try to make them, I mean, some designs are very much in your face, um, but then some designs are more subtle so you can wear it to any occasion. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, um, the relating to Rogue One, uh, you, you know, you're coming out with some new pieces for Rogue One, and since you're a Star Wars fan before anything else, I wanted to know, what are you most excited to see in Rogue One? Ooh, you know, I... I'm just excited to see all of it. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I love that it, it appears to be in a very different style than, you know, the other movies, which I'm excited to just see Star Wars even portrayed in a slightly different style. Um, you know, obviously, Jin uh, Urso looks so exciting. I mean, you know, I've fallen in love with Rey, and, and now I'm, I'm, I just think we're going to love Jin just as much. Um, you know, and, and, I think it's it's all like stormtroopers running in the ocean. Like there's just all this new stuff that that um I'm I'm so excited about. Uh, and then obviously to find out more about how they got the plans to the Death Star um, is is really exciting. So I mean everything about it I'm just intrigued by. Um, I think it's going to be a really different Star Wars experience, but I think that's good. You know I think you know to have Star Wars told in so many different ways um, keeps it fresh and exciting. So um, I, I I can't wait. I can't wait. What about you? I am thrilled that there's another female lead because I think. You know, we talked about earlier, Ahsoka was sort of the beginning point of this revolution for uh, female characters to be really popular. And then we got Rey from The Force Awakens, and I absolutely love her. So I'm really excited to see Jin and what her personality is like. And then I'm also a really big fan of droids, so I'm stoked to see K2SO because he looks really funny. Um, and I like his sense of humor so far from the trailers and what we've already seen from the movie. Um, through previews, so I'm really excited for him, but I agree, whenever I saw the promotional poster of the Stormtroopers in the ocean, I was like, alright, this is right up my alley, because I'm a huge fan of the beach, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, these are like my two favorite thing com- things combined, so I, I'm the same, I'm just excited for all of it. Totally, totally. Yeah, and kind of going off of Star Wars a little bit, um, I just wanted to say that I love your fitness posts. Whenever you post on social media that you're working out or whatever, it just makes me so excited because I love fitness, but I'm not really good at motivating myself. So when other people post about it, it makes me really excited. And I wanted to ask you, because you're doing your very first Disney race pretty soon, and I wanted to know, um, how do you feel about that? Are you excited? Yeah, no, I'm super excited and um glad to hear about the post because I um I've been doing a lot of traveling lately and uh I haven't been doing as many posts as I would like to, but it's it's funny those posts also motivate me. It's it's kind of like um uh holding myself accountable. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um okay, I need to, you know, need to to, you know, obviously um it, it's not about it, to me, it's not about working out to like, you know, be like, you know, to lose weight or have this amazing body. It's it's not that. It's about being healthy. And for me, it's it's like I just want to be healthy. And and healthy looks different on so many people. I think you know, oftentimes there's this one image of what beauty is, and that's not the case um, at all. I think 
beauty means something different. It's in the eye of the beholder. It means something different to, to everybody. And it's not one shape, size, color. It's, it's, it's different with everyone. And to me, my goal is to be healthy. And so, um, so I definitely, definitely, um, plan on more, um, active and, and, uh, kind of, you know, um, active inspired posts in the future. Um, and, and the Disney race was part of that. I, you know, I've, I love seeing everyone's posts from the, the run Disney races and it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And so, um, I just decided to go for it and, um, you know, basically started begging people to do it with me. <laughs> and, Two of the designers um, from the fashion show actually reached out, and they said, "We'll do it with you." And so, um, I'm I'm looking forward to running it with with Hannah and Harmony and um, and anyone else that wants to join us on that day. Um, it's you know not going to we're not doing it for time. We're just doing it, you know, just to have fun and, and to finish. And, um, Hannah is actually working on a, a custom jacket for me. So I'm really excited. So, um, so it's just going to be a fun experience. And I think, you know, um, you know, I definitely plan on doing more posts, uh, in the future. And, and that's, that's just, that's just the goal is if we can, if we can spread a message, you know, just to be healthy, you know, for, uh, moving forward. Um, that's, that's the message I want to try and, and spread. My mom and I did one of the Star Wars races together. We did the 10k back in April this year and it was so much fun. We had a blast and we, you know, we're not runners. We're, we're not like in the best shape, but we had a great time. So when I saw you posted that you were doing one, we both said to each other, Oh, you're going to have the best time. It's so much fun. And then soon after that, you came out with, um, the Marvel collection, at Kohl's, the activewear line, and I'm sure you're going to see so many pieces from your collection at that race because people were snatching those things off the shelves. Every time I went to Kohl's, I couldn't find it because um, so many people had already bought the pieces and they were sold out. Yeah, it, you know, activewear is something I've been passionate about for a while. And, you know, I'm so thankful to Kohl's and to Marvel for giving us the opportunity to, to kind of launch into activewear, um, with, with that collection and, and definitely more is coming and we, we plan to do more activewear in 2017. So, um, so it's just the beginning, but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I wear, I would say I wear activewear like 50% of my day. I, you know, wear it to work out, but then I wear it just to run my errands and lounge around at home. So, you know, we want to show off our fandom, um, with activewear as well. So I'm, I'm thrilled that, you know, it was so well received and, and because of that, it'll provide us the opportunity to do more. So definitely look for more activewear from her universe in 2017. I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the Ahsoka book tour. It kicks off on October 11th, and I believe you're going to be in Orlando for that signing, correct? Yes, yes. I'm so, so excited. Um, actually, we're Disney is letting us launch a little bit early in um, New York, so if you're in New York, um, we're doing a signing at the, the Disney booth, um, and then also at the Barnes & Noble on October 9th. And, um, but the launch day, um, you know, to me, obviously, Savannah, you know, I'm from Orlando and Orlando is home and, um, 
And so I'm thrilled to kind of launch the book in Orlando um, with Barnes & Noble there at the, the Barnes & Noble store on Colonial Drive. So would love, love, love fans for fans to meet us there. Um, but then also we're going to go to Disney Springs on Friday the 14th and then also the Tampa store on the 15th. So um, we, we have a really fun tour set up between New York, Orlando, Disney, um, Tampa, and then we go to San Diego, San Francisco, and then LA. Um, so super excited about it. Please come out. Um, we're going to do Q&A. I'll read an excerpt from the book. We'll do a signing. Um, I have, if you show up in cosplay, I have a special little giveaway. Um, so um, I just, and I'm just excited to see everyone, you know, especially, um, I know all the fans miss Star Wars Weekends. Um, so, you know, I didn't get to see everyone this year. So uh, I would love, especially in Orlando and in Florida, um, the fans that I normally would have seen at Star Wars Weekends would love to see everyone um, if you can come out for one of these signings. Because, you know, you definitely become a, a, a family and um, make friends with everyone. And, you know, after doing Star Wars Weekends for, what, like seven years, I think, um, you definitely miss seeing everyone. So I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to two of the signings actually for the same oh. reason, just to see, just to see my Star Wars Weekends family as well, because I have so many friends in Tampa and so many in Orlando that I'm going to end up going to two of them to see you and everybody else, because like you said, it's a family, so you you got to visit everybody. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So thank you, Ashley, so much again for joining me. Thank you for your time, and I can't wait for this book tour. Oh my gosh. I can't wait as well. Ahsoka lives, um, <laughs> in my opinion at least. Um, but thank you, thank you for the chat today. I'm so honored to be on your podcast, and um, I can't wait to see you in person. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Ashley, and if you want more information on the book tour she's doing with E.K. Johnson, I suggest you go to stores.barnesandnoble.com, search for Ahsoka in the event tab, and it'll give you information on all the store locations that they'll be visiting, along with what time the event starts and what they'll be doing there. So before I wrap up this show, I wanted to thank a few people for helping me get this podcast started. I first wanted to thank my patrons from Patreon that pledge $5 a month, and those people are Kristen, Joanna, Sherry, Aaron, Mandy, and Frelling. You guys are so awesome, and your donations have helped me cover the cost of online hosting and recording fees, so I really truly appreciate that. If you'd like to support me on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash thedorkydiva, and all of the proceeds from those donations go to this show and my website to help me cover the cost of things like domain hosting fees, recording programs, and whatnot. I also want to thank Ryan Hunt for producing my intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Hunt Music. Music is spelled M-U-Z-I-K. And if you want to find me on social media, you can do that at Facebook at facebook.com slash thedorkydiva. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at savannah underscore kiefer, and my website is thedorkydiva.com. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode, and I'll be back next month with another episode. May the Force be with you.